0: A word of warning. This podcast may contain themes that some listeners might find distressing. Not always, but sometimes. However, this podcast will definitely contain strong language. Therefore, if neither of these things sound appealing, it's probably not the podcast for you then, is it? Welcome and welcome back to Joe Rodriguez. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, surviving. Um we've already <laughs> gone through all the <laughs> all the anecdotes of surviving parenthood. We've got that out of the way. We're yes. trying to survive parenthood.
2: Just um, hanging on.
0: Just about
1: <laughs> teeth. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Clawing our way through life one yeah. inch at a time. <laughs> Just While our, every children,
1: healthy therapist does.
0: <laughs> whilst our children just hold on to our legs going, take me with you. And like, <"S-> <laughs> only if I have to. Oh, and I might go to jail. Otherwise, if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
0: okay. Um, oh, dear. Well, it's nice to have you back on again. Thanks for coming to join me. Um, it's lovely to just... be back. Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, I had Alex Holmes on as my guest um, last week, and I was saying that he's he was my he's my most recurring podcast guest. Um, yeah. But you'll be happy to know that you are my second most um, recurring <laughs> yeah. podcast guest.
1: How many um, have done now? Uh, I think he's done things done about four. Not that I'm in competition. Well,
0: you know, how many has he done?
1: How
0: many has he done? I've never got to go. Why is he your favorite, Dan? What have yeah. I done Why
1: well, have you invited him more times than me, huh? Uh,
0: because he doesn't have any children and he probably has more time, Joe.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, he's very interesting and knowledgeable. Yes. <laughs>
0: Also, by the way, that was just a joke about the children. That's not why I don't invite you on. It's, uh, it's just, just, just Sorry, in case so I any... don't come
1: on more. Just so in so case I don't any... do Instagram just... anymore. I've got any fucking time. <laughs> it's like, just about got time to brush my teeth <gasps> these days. <laughs> uh,
0: even that's just once a day, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's like when was the last time I took a shower? <laughs> <laughs> just shaking. Oh. Um,
0: okay.
1: Right. Anyway, let's talk about uh,
0: trauma. Right. Serious faces on. Um, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about trauma. Let's go from yeah. that to talking about trauma. um <laughs> So I guess. So I guess today um we're going to have a bit of a chat about trying to expand and kind of clarify the idea of um what being trauma informed means. Um,
2: yeah. Because
0: I guess I guess you and I, and I suppose I have conversations with other people as well, but you and I quite often have a bit of a discussion about. ooh. What's a polite way to put it? Uh, I guess reservations about mm. uh, certain approaches that some uh, mental health and psychological um, social media accounts might take with um, talking about trauma. Yeah,
1: um,
0: And I guess one of the things that I've noticed um, which sort of prompted the, the start of this conversation is that quite often um, some, I guess, practitioners, if you want to call them that, uh, mm. will kind of put that they're trauma informed in their bio. Yeah. And, um, it's always made me curious as to, mm. um, you know, if they've not necessarily got a, a full sort of psychological or psychotherapeutic background, But mm. it it's always made me sort of curious and maybe just a little yeah. bit,
1: um, <laughs> what stressed, do you
0: mean? I suppose. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Stressed to, <laughs> yeah.
0: To be like, what is it that you mean when you say you're trauma informed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess so I guess this curiosity got the better of me um, Mm. and I sort of put the I put the question um, to my followers um, Mm -hmm. and I put a I put a poll out Mm. um, the results of which I've lost momentarily. And I'm just going to locate. There we go. Um, And I kind of said um, I kind of asked the followers, my followers to kind of say, um, I guess, how often they've seen um, people post this. Yeah, I
2: um, saw
0: the poll, yeah. Yeah, and, and a fair yeah. few of them said um, sort of all the time. Um, So so 44, and just a small bugbear, um, <laughs> yeah. when, when I put polls up now, I put an yeah. option that's like just being nosy. Um, yeah. Because it's really annoying when people sort of vote, and then they send me a message saying, I didn't mean to vote that, but I just wanted to see what the results were. What the results are. <laughs> yeah, which is just, you know. Let's have some fucking impulse control. Let's just relax, just for two
1: seconds. (laughs) I can't, I can't say anything because I'm very guilty of having no impulse control when it comes to your polls. Is that so? Are you one of the? Oh no! When you do a jokey like I don't give a shit response, (laughs) I cannot help myself. Sorry, go on. <laughs>
0: no, that's okay. Um, but I guess, but I guess the 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 poll slightly skewed anyway because some of the percentage votes are for some of the answers that says you know they just want to see because I'm nosy. But anyway, but we'll go with what the results say. So yeah, that's,
1: rough idea. Yeah, it's a rough idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so forty four percent said they that they see it all the time. So they quite often see um, uh, these accounts saying that they're trauma informed. Um, some say it's not really uh, common, and then twenty two percent said uh, that they don't that they said they don't really know what being trauma-informed is which was the next mm. question um because i said then you know so if anybody has seen accounts that's claimed to be trauma-informed do they know what it means um so 24 percent uh said obviously it's in the title uh, they didn't say that that was just the the, the poll option yeah, i like to be yeah. sassy with my poll option.
1: <laughs> you do like to be sassy <laughs> <laughs> it's funny <laughs>
0: um so they said yeah so 24% said obviously it's in the title um but combined 60% said a little bit but not 100% or not at all mm. so i guess the predominant sort of sense is that maybe people have some kind of idea mm. but um not necessarily 100% yeah. um and then i sort of asked uh, you know i asked them i said so you know if you you, you know i guess what does it mean um if they kind of have an idea or not necessarily sure, just to kind of give me some sense of what it is that they thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent me loads of answers, uh, which I've tried to yeah. summarize. Yeah. The you sent to
1: me. So many. Yeah.
0: yeah. So many. Um, I guess what was your, so I've, I've got, I've got a breakdown of some of them, but I guess what was your mm-hmm. sense of, of the, um, of the answer that I sent to you?
1: Um, that they are, nobody really knows, to be honest, <laughs> like they're, they're not like they were I think people had some idea of what some kinds of trauma were but none of them actually said what trauma-informed means in the Mm. in the proper in the proper way Mm. what trauma-informed practice is
0: yeah um and I guess and I guess that's why I kind of wanted to do it because I suppose um my worry is is that When people put trauma in, you know, when people put in their social media profiles that they're trauma informed, yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily quite clear as to what that means, um, and so therefore anybody that's engaging with these particular (laughs) accounts, um, might go into working with this person or taking knowledge from this person or, um,
2: yeah,
0: without, you know, with some kind of skewed understanding of what they think trauma informed.
1: Yeah, tra- what I read from means. the response. Yeah, exactly. What I read from the responses is what I would have thought trauma informed practice was had I not done the reading and, and <laughs> um about trauma informed practice specifically yeah. what those words meant. Yeah. So um I think it's an easy mistake to make, absolutely, yeah. but it is like you said, it's slightly risky.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I guess mm. and I guess the idea is that and I suppose, you know. To caveat this, I don't necessarily think that people are doing this with the full malicious intent or anything like that. But I guess it's just I guess it's, I guess there's just something about potentially advertising yourself in one Mm. respect with, Mm. um, you know, your understanding as a as as a practitioner of what trauma informed care means. But then Mm. how that lands and how that's understood by your audience is another thing entirely. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I guess, and I guess, the purpose of this episode is to just kind of clarify that for anybody mm. um, listening. Um, you know, the, the the ten people who download this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, don't <Okay>. say that. <laughs> it's
0: it's, Could it's, be it's at more least than eleven. 10. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: Got to aim high. Got to aim high. <laughs> okay, so. So I suppose what I'd like to do is I'd like to just read out generally some of the responses that we got, but then what I also want to do is uh, go through a, a paper that I found, um, which is titled The Misunderstanding, uh, sorry, is entitled Misunderstanding Trauma-Informed Approaches in Mental Health, um,
2: yeah.
0: which I thought might sort of um, ground, ground this conversation a little bit more. Yeah. And then... Yeah from that i think it might be helpful to just actually go through what trauma-informed practice means or trauma-informed care Mm um okay so um i've got sort of eight points out of the 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 sort of 50 or so responses that i got so Mm -hmm. i think i think the, the the first one is kind of closest to, to, to what trauma-informed practice or trauma-informed care might be. So it's understanding what trauma is about, how it affects people, and using this to inform how you relate to people or being aware of okay. how a person's trauma may affect their experience and symptoms of mental illness or psychological distress. Um, yeah. So I guess that's yeah. a fairly that's... close approximation. Yeah. Um, This one is um not necessarily it. Uh, so treating symptoms caused by exposure Mm -hmm. to traumatic experiences by acknowledging their events. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that's um, interesting because I guess what that seems to be implying is just by acknowledging that somebody has um, a traumatic event seems to almost be like enough, Uh, Mm -hmm. which in some cases it might be, but Mm -hmm. um, that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the one where I get a little bit, uh, as I said, stressed. Mm. Uh, Trained to deal with trauma-related symptoms, actual background and clinical practice in trauma-related therapy, Mm. Um, followed closely by lived experiences or has had their own past trauma. Um, And I guess the the inference there is that trauma-informed would mean that because a person has had trauma, they might understand um, how somebody – is impacted by it, which, again, yeah. there's some validity in that. Um, yeah. But also, as you and I know, sort of, and, and and I guess anybody who's worked with somebody who has a trauma history, is that trauma impacts people in so many different ways and that actually one yeah. person's experience is um, not necessarily directly translatable to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, the, the other one that's quite close to the mark is focusing on how adverse life experiences can am- impact current mental health and behaviour. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And then these next three are kind of like my favorite. Um, <laughs> one is, one said having read up on it and they have informed themselves.
2: So just like, <laughs> so, so just, just read like it.
0: reading, yeah. Just yeah. like reading the body keeps the score <laughs> and being like, I know about
1: trauma. I'm an expert. <laughs> um,
0: uh, this was a sassy response, uh, more complicated than this box allows all
1: right yeah thank you (laughs) Um,
0: yeah exactly I've been you know thanks for wasting my time um and then and then and then this is my favorite one is that it says don't be a dick be aware that triggers that people can be triggered try to avoid it and listen to people experiencing it um so so yeah so again,
2: yeah.
0: uh, quite a vast array of, yes, res- uh, you know, and, uh, understandings yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, which I think is understandable because of the way the word trauma is used on social media. Like, there's so much about trauma on social media, and the and the range of things that are now called trauma is huge so mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's it's really confusing even to just define trauma you know when, when i did my training like years ago must be i don't know over 20 years ago now when i did my training there was uh, there was complex trauma complicated trauma and ptsd and pretty much that was trauma it trauma was defined as or a you know traumatic experiences were defined in those ways other difficult incidents that a person experienced in that in their lives that may have impacted on how they then developed and things like that were of course you take them into account but they just weren't called trauma and Mm -hmm. I think that now the word trauma is much 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 broader um, and includes so much more uh-huh. which in some ways is really helpful, but in some ways makes it really, really difficult to define uh-huh. these things. So when, yeah. it then, so then when things like trauma informed practice, you know, actually when you look at it and look at what it is, it's easy for that to not be understood in the way that social media portrays what trauma is. Yeah. So no- nothing is clear, but then no. that's the difficulty of social media as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, um, uh, like I agree with you about the, the the sort of the notion of what trauma is is becoming broader. Um, mm.
2: but
0: in in some instances, I think um, for 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 the better. And I guess we'll yeah. get into to you know when we go through what trauma informed care yeah. and trauma informed approaches mm. is. It'll you know yeah. it'll be understood as <laughs> to why that's better. But then I guess yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily for the worst at the same time. But I guess. Mm it does then kind of, I guess, the way that trauma is now being further understood, because I recently read um, The Myth of Normal by Gabor yeah. Maté, yeah. which undoubtedly is an absolutely mm. wonderful book in the sense that mm. it sort of talks a lot about the, the various different types of adversarial experiences that we as human beings can undergo
2: yeah. um,
0: and actually how the way in which we live is mm. not conducive to living healthily, yeah. and actually, yeah. a lot of the things that we think are a normal way of living, which is why the yeah. book is called "The Myth of Normal." Mm. A lot of the things that we think about as the normal way of living are mm. actually just intr—well, mm. <laughs> intrinsically driven by a capitalistic, neoliberalistic—you yes. um, <laughs> know—yes, um, um, uh, what's the word? Ideals and ideologies. Yeah. Yeah, Um, but all of all of that is is just not. Yeah, it's just it's just not a healthy way to live. It's not a it's not a relaxed Mm -hmm. way to live. It's not a a caring, nurturing way to live.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, But then, even within that book, Mm -hmm. there is, you know, almost the understanding that anything and everything is trauma.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Which again. I can't quite decide what my feelings about that are.
1: Yeah, I think I'm the same. I have very mixed feelings. You can see both sides, like the the benefits to it. You can understand it in the context. But then also I have the same feeling. Like sometimes I just feel like, oh, I just don't, I don't know. Sometimes... I don't always feel like it's helpful, or sometimes mm. it almost feels like it distills it too much. Almost like yeah. it oversimplifies things yeah. by calling everything trauma.
2: Yeah, um, and in the sense, he sort of...
1: it's not that co- it's not that simple. Sometimes no. it's 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 more complicated than that.
2: Yeah,
0: and sort of he almost like breaks it down into sort of like <laughs> big T, little T traumas. Yeah, um, which I've heard people talk about before, and again, is something that I can conceptually understand mm-hmm. because you know. That in our life we're not necessarily always impacted by huge events like yeah an accumulation of small paper cuts I guess is one way to think yeah. about it can have a significant yeah. impact on how we um, see ourselves and how we define ourselves and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff but mm. but I guess for me mm. calling it big trauma and little trauma sort of big t little t mm. it kind of It's almost like, um, shouldn't we then call it something else? Because we're kind of then trying to.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to put everything on a on on a spectrum, but there's no sort of like. Um, yeah, threshold as to when yeah. something is traumatic, because yeah. then yeah. everything is traumatic, and then it's more about. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite. I'm quite. I'm not quite sure how to say
2: it. No, um, I think I but, do. But, uh, so, I think yeah. I do
1: understand what you mean. I think I did. Um, actually, just when I was doing a little bit of research before we spoke, <laughs> just so that it was all fresh in my mind, <laughs> I actually found this really interesting website that had that was like that was defining the different types of trauma that I found really helpful but also highlighted why I find the definitions difficult in my mind Uh-oh. in that it called it this website in particular um kind of what it's called the trauma site or something um defined trauma as type one trauma and type mm-hmm. two traumas but then had yeah. other traumas and then lots of traumas that fell in between so okay. it had a type one trauma like single incident trauma referred to as big t and yeah. then various other traumas like um, complex trauma, historical, collective, intergenerational trauma, vicarious, secondary court trauma that didn't classify as big T or little T, didn't say what they were. And then it's oh, like right. little T traumas like, for example, loss of a loved one. And I was thinking, well, oh. again, it, that's and that's different to my understanding of little T trauma. Yeah, so I, t trauma, I would say I would say the loss of a loved one is yeah. quite
0: a big T trauma, isn't it? Yeah bereavement's huge
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and can and can become things like complicated grief which is like you know so i i just think exactly the same i think it's over it feels like it's becoming diluted and oversimplified which is then why it's becoming confusing
0: and i think and i think what's happening is that everyone seems to have like a take on it
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: and pe- and people who are influential, and people who are, you know, admittedly, have been in the field for such a long time. And you know, again, mm-hmm. this is not to discredit anyone's work and the research yeah. and anything like that. But I guess it it all very much depends on you know whether you're whether you subscribe to this particular individual's you know, so, say for example, somebody like Gabriel Mate. Like if you mm-hmm. if you subscribe to his understanding of of trauma, then you'll yeah. be like, oh, that's what trauma is. Or yeah. maybe you might subscribe a little bit more to and i'm not saying that the dsm 5 is 100% correct in its mm-hmm. conceptualization of trauma there are many issues with it mm-hmm. as with the icd 11 although the icd 11 yeah. i believe is a little bit more um broad in its right. definitions of trauma i would need to double check that or mm-hmm. if any listener wants to double check that you can <laughs> um but i guess you know there's 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 that where I think, obviously, the DSM is a little bit more medical model orientated, mm-hmm. but still mm-hmm. has, I suppose, a bit more of a delineation of the particular types of experiences that somebody might have. Yeah. And I guess it's about how the experience is experienced. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas sort of Gabo Mate is more about how how it shows up in your body and what, yeah. you know, because I guess he's, he's a... a He's a physician by trade, isn't he? Sort of firmly yeah. physician, so he's he thinks a lot more about the impact of trauma on the the, 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 the yeah the stress response mm-hmm. and sort of you know um he talked a lot about um inflammation in the body, stress, yeah. adrenaline, yeah. all of that mm-hmm. going on inside the body and how that completely just fucks up your insides and then it manifests yeah. in cancers and arthritises yeah. and all sorts of things, yeah. uh, diabetes and then mm-hmm. so kind of he sort of takes that you know, holistic approach, Mm -hmm. but then isn't necessarily as clear cut. He is a clear cut in some senses. So he talks about Mm -hmm. um sort of intergenerational trauma, sort of sexism, Mm -hmm. racism, um Mm -hmm. poverty. Uh, all the you know um, yeah all all those kind of things they so talked about the impacts of that quite rightly so because those are yeah. again sort of you know th- th- those are things that have previously not necessarily been considered traumatic which actually yeah. you know there is more evidence That's to suggest usually, that if you yeah. yeah if you fall into those populations you are more likely to yeah.
2: um,
0: be traumatized or experience mental health
2: yeah.
0: distress or psychological distress so yeah
2: um,
0: so he kind of does define it in one sense but then it also still is felt left feeling very fuzzy um yeah. <laughs> which again comes back to the whole difficulty about trauma being yeah. a subjective thing as well isn't it yeah
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah I have to okay. say, mm.
0: <laughs> well now that we've just confused everyone listening <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: but then I think that. it's good it's good to it's it's good to bring in the confusion not not because we want everybody to be confused but I think it's important that people don't read things and make the assumption
2: mm-hmm.
1: based on the fact that it's so easily you know the information yeah. about trauma is so readily available <clears throat> because because of the fact that it's so difficult to define it's mm-hmm. so and actually and actually trauma I don't know we'll probably actually we'll come on to it I won't say anymore because I think we're going to talk about it so I don't want to go off at a tangent
0: that's fine um so I guess so very briefly um I guess I wanted to talk about misconceptions about trauma-informed approaches so obviously we've established that you know asking my audience highlighted that there's a sort of a varied understanding of what Trauma informed might mean, mm-hmm. um, but then in a as I said in a paper written by Angela Sweeney and Danny Taggart Taggart um, mm-hmm. called "The Misunderstanding Trauma Informed approach- Approaches in Mental Health," they highlighted six misunderstandings of trauma informed approaches. But I only want to mention three because I think they're the ones that are pertinent. Because mm-hmm. what we'll come on to say is that actually trauma informed, being trauma informed, or trauma informed care, is more about a systems approach. It's about it's about a yeah. A connection of services with an individual in the middle, yeah. and every and every sort of service or person around that person working in a trauma-informed care. It's not necessarily yeah. a, it's not a very it's not a client-practitioner yes. um, interaction. It's not just between two people. It's a sort of yeah. more holistic um, approach. So yeah. three of the misconceptions relate more to that kind of um, systemic um, part of it. But I've labeled them as... Okay, so the first misconception um, is that trauma-informed approaches are implemented... Oh, no, not that. I oh, started started wrong. Oh, here we go. Um, so the first one is that trauma-informed approaches treat people who have experienced trauma. Okay, so... And I guess this is tricky because um, I'll just read what it says here. So it says trauma-informed approaches are distinct from trauma-specific services. So it's this idea that... Mm-hmm trauma-informed, a trauma-informed approach or trauma-informed care is not necessarily a trauma treatment. It's not yeah. that if you have a trauma and you go to somebody who is trauma-informed that they yeah. will treat you for yeah. the trauma that you've experienced, yeah. which I think, you know, came up in, in one of these things that some people believe that if somebody says they're trauma-informed that you can go to them with your, the, the traumatic experience and have them treat you. Yeah.
1: I think that's an easy assumption to make. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, that's
0: kind of what <laughs> what you said at the start is that yeah. if if somebody had said um, that there, that there were trauma informed, you'd be like, oh, you can work with trauma. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: But yeah. Um. So that's one. So that's the. So that's the first misconception. Yeah. Uh, the second is that trauma informed approaches claim that all mental health uh, people who have mental health issues have experienced trauma, mm-hmm. um, which which is interesting and I'll read it again so it says this is probably the most commonly held misconception so although trauma informed approaches are based on the knowledge that trauma is widespread and causal in the development of significant mental distress it is not seen as the cause of all mental distress mm-hmm. instead it is argued that while everyone is able to use services that are trauma informed and that the services could be considered gold standard if services are not trauma informed then trauma survivors who, by varying estimates, make up the majority of mental health service users, will find it difficult to use them.
2: Mm.
0: So, I guess it's basically saying that it's 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 the idea that um, just because somebody has a mental health distress or mental mental illness doesn't necessarily mean that they've had a significant trauma in the past. Probably, likely, they may have, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily happen for everyone. But I guess yeah. it's trying to assume. But but the but a trauma informed approach is to um, work with people almost as if they have in, in the sense that, um, you know, you'd rather, you'd rather take the approach that potentially most people that somebody might come through the door and have a traumatic experience rather than assume that no one's had a traumatic experience and then run the risk of potentially treating them horrifically or giving them a really bad experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then, um, the number one thing that, um, Oh yeah. So then, so then this is the one that uh, we've already sort of mentioned is that trauma informed approaches are um, another, the the other misconception is that trauma informed approaches are implemented by an individual practitioner, which as as I've Mm. said before, it's not, it's Mm. not something that one person does. So it says, although individual practitioners can implement trauma informed practices, even, even where they work in trauma informed organizations, trauma informed approaches primarily operate at an organizational level.
1: Mm. yeah so program organization system not an individual yeah. person that yeah. can work with trauma yeah yeah
0: um so i guess then for the benefits of the listener um mm. do you want to go through what all the trauma-informed bits are
1: in terms of what what constitutes a trauma-informed approach where oh, yeah.
0: well actually should we define what a trauma-informed approach
1: is I think that would be helpful because I think because I think once you understand that well, it was helpful for me because once you understand the like what is a trauma informed approach, then it makes sense why. Yeah, I mean, it's much better to work on the assumption that people have had trauma because when I when I actually looked at what a trauma informed approach was, I kind of thought, well. That's a good way of treating anybody mm. that you know yeah. has a mental health issue. Yeah. Whether it's whether you have an ident like you've identified trauma or not, yeah. The the system approach actually should be just good practice anyway. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I think it would be useful.
0: So I've got two definitions here. One from that paper I've just read, and then one which we've already had a bit of a laugh about, which is a working <laughs> which is a working definition um, on the gov.uk uh, website. We shall mm-hmm. come back to that in a second. Did you actually have so, a
1: look at the date on that? I can't remember. No, it wasn't no. twenty sixteen, was it? It wasn't as far. I think back, it was. was for, that, I think it was. Oh, was what, what, the
0: the gov.uk When one. the
1: working title was, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, published second November twenty twenty two. So. Oh uh, okay, okay. As of <laughs> as of That's as what today we are? As of what three months ago? Yeah. The the, the Office for Health Health Improvement and Disparities. Um, that's what that's what it falls under. So, the Office of Health Improvement and Disparities in the UK government three months ago <laughs> have published a working definition of trauma-informed practice. So, if that's the you, so, the so, I just, so, I, so I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a reflection on how new the concept of trauma-informed care is, or mm. if that's a reflection on how slow the government is to take up this idea of trauma-informed care um so
1: probably the latter but probably yeah. the latter <laughs> we're always about a good five to ten years behind yeah. you know the rest of the world on that kind of stuff because i or guess you know it is anyway
0: yeah because i guess from from the papers that we have um from the papers that you and i have both looked at um the idea of trauma-informed practice um kind of goes back to sort of the early 2000s so yeah. in 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 the us yeah,
1: um it's about 20 years isn't it
0: yeah, I think it was originally set up or sort of was first conceptualized by um, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration um, mm-hmm. in the in the US. Um, yeah. And I guess the current definition then, or the current sort of way of thinking about it. Um, so one definition is that trauma-informed approaches are organizational change processes focused on preventing re-traumatization or traumatization uh, within services. Um, whereas the working, the working definition, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's got like three points of a definition, which is quite a long definition. Um, so I guess the, the working definition is to realize that trauma can affect individuals, groups, and communities recognize the signs, symptoms and widespread impact of trauma and prevent, and prevent traumatization. Yeah. Um, and then there are, There are a number of principles, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, and it can range from 10, which is in this paper, 9, which is in this paper, or 6, if you look on the (laughs) government website. Okay. Um, So what I might do is I might just go through the nine principles from the earliest earliest, um, paper that I have, because I guess Mm -hmm. it kind of – Everything else has kind of been condensed, not not necessarily in a bad way, yeah. but I guess it kind of just highlights a little bit more expansively what um, trauma-informed approaches are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess, so I guess the key principles then um, mm-hmm. of trauma-informed approaches are recognition. So recognizing the prevalence signs and impacts of trauma. So this is sometimes referred to as having a trauma lens. And this should include routine inquiry about trauma sensitively asked and appropriately timed for individual survivors. Recognition can create feelings of validation, safety, and hope. So there's the idea again. So like what you were saying, so just, t- you know, taking that automatic standpoint and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the I guess if we're to take what Gabo Mate was saying, <laughs> you know, yeah. just understand that probably more often than not, in some shape or form, somebody has experienced a trauma. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: not necessarily that they absolutely will have, but yeah. that they might have. And it's probably yeah. better to assume that somebody might have than yeah. not assume at all.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so the second principle, which, you know, I kind of, this, so, which I always find is really interesting because, you know, you would always imagine that this is one of the things that mental health services would strive for anyway, but obviously <laughs> – but obviously um and I guess having worked in um general psychiatric hospitals um I can yeah. understand why this is something that that has come about because um some of the the practices of old and even you know some of the current practices aren't necessarily the most most trauma informed and most considerate to to people's experiences mm-hmm. so the second pe- so the second principle is to resist retraumatization, yeah, so to understand that operational practices power differentials between the staff and survivors uh, and many other features of psychiatric care, because this is obviously focusing more on psychiatric care, can re-traumatize yeah. survivors and staff. So um, later updates talk about vicarious trauma. Um, so to try and resist re-traumatization of the um, service users and cli- or clients, yeah. but also yeah. trying to reduce vicarious trauma of staff who work with um, those, those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it might just be worth sort of explaining what vicarious trauma is. Okay. um i can't think of a definition off the top of my head can you
1: <laughs> you did this to me before you did this about a, like the um dopamine and something about
0: this is Are why you... i invite you on joe i put you on the spot and there we go. i hold like... on a
1: minute google's our friend
0: Are you googling oh excellent. yeah i can't just google it Process
1: of change resulting from empathetic engagement with trauma survivors. So it's the trauma that you feel as a practitioner when you constantly empathize with trauma survivors. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it's being, yeah, so it's, it's hearing or being witness to somebody's traumatic stories, or I guess sometimes, um, like I was saying, sort of psychiatric wards can be quite intense, um, settings. So sort of sometimes seeing things or seeing people in distress can be, can be uh, traumatizing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm.
0: So the third principle then is to consider cultural, historical and gender contexts. So to acknowledge community specific trauma and its impact. And I guess this is why I was saying that, um, you know, the, the broader definition of trauma um, is, is, is helpful because it's um, starting to take into consideration Um, features of our sort of general way of life that um, are are traumatic and maybe necessarily haven't been thought in thought of in that way Uh, to ensure that services are culturally and gender appropriate, recognize the impact of intersectionalities and the healing potential of communities and relationships. Um, So, yeah, again, that's sort of, you know, if you read Gabor Mate's book, that's just sort of it's all about that. Mm. Um, The fourth principle is trustworthiness and transparency. Mm-hmm. So services services should ensure decisions taken um, are transparent and with the aim of building trust. This is essential to building relationships with trauma survivors who have may ex, who may have experienced secrecy and betrayal. So it's about mm-hmm. just being honest and upfront and just you know not ever hiding um, yeah. anything, even when you <laughs> even when you make a mistake. So I think I think um, uh, it, within the NHS there was uh, something called. I can't remember what it's called, but they brought in they brought in a a policy where um, you kind of have to own up to your to your mistakes. Um, right. And if you if, if you did anything wrong,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you, you know, it was imperative that you kind of share that with service users because they kind of had a right to know um, okay. where something relating to their care had, um, yeah. you know, whether you made a mistake, whether it was something like, um, I don't know making an error on a medication script and sort of saying that you signed it off when you signing that you'd given it to them when you hadn't given it to them, or maybe mm. sort of omitting one medication or mm. um, I don't know. Um, missing an appointment when yeah. you, 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 you said that you would uh, yeah. attend things like that. I can't remember what it's called now in the NHS, but anyway. um, So, yeah, so that was a big thing that came out in, I think sort of, When was I an assistant? About 2016? Oh, so around the time that this paper was written. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next principle then is collaboration and mutuality. So to understand the inherent power imbalance between staff and survivors and to ensure that the relationship is based on mutuality, respect, trust, connection and hope. So, essentially reducing the power imbalance, because I guess, Mm. you know, one of the experiences that some trauma survivors may have had is um, being powerless or being in positions where they are exploited and taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. Um, which then links to the second, the, the sixth principle, which is empowerment, choice, and control. So, adopting a strengths based approach with survivors supported to take control of their lives and develop self advocacy. And now you see, now this is where I think mental health coaching potentially mm. falls very well with the idea of trauma informed care because my so I've I've really struggled to understand what coaching is um mm. I've looked it up and I can't I can't quite conceptualize it in my head but it, it's something about sort of supporting people in the here and the now to kind of take steps forward in their life and yeah. and sort yeah. of you know if people are struggling to kind of make changes or make decisions or yeah. move forward in a particular direction yeah. like a coach is somebody who will yeah. well literally coach them through it and be like yeah okay so what are your goals how are we going to you know they'll yeah, break it down future, into systematic sort mm-hmm. of you know um little steps and i guess
2: mm-hmm.
0: um Something like, you know, empowering, empowering their clients and helping them take control of their life is probably something that fits a lot with that. Yeah. Uh, The seventh principle is safety. Uh, So trauma engenders feelings of danger. So give priority to ensuring that everyone within a service feels and is emotionally and physically safe yeah um then the eighth one is about survivor partnerships so understanding that peer support and the co-production of services is is integral to trauma-informed organizations and i guess this is something where uh, maybe um the the sort of you know the the people on social media who who advertise themselves as trauma-informed work um practitioners um who then their customer base or their follower base might think that they kind of just individually work with the person or by themselves um, might sort of be misleading. Cause I guess one of the sort of more powerful healing um, processes um, can be sort of, you know, um, being involved with or meeting other people who have had similar Similar experiences. experiences. Mm -hmm. So, which is why sort of like group work is really sort of powerful for trauma healing in some respects, um, Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, again, if you're working with if, if you see somebody on social media and you and they kind of say that they only do individual based stuff, then I guess they're not necessarily, you know, they're limiting the 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 impact in in terms of the work that maybe they can do with you. Yeah. And then I guess the the, the final one. Is uh, pathways to trauma specific care. So survivors should be supported to access appropriate trauma specific care where this is desired. So basically, if somebody wants to do some trauma work because you know <laughs> yeah yeah because they've th- through accessing a service or accessing work with somebody they've uncovered the fact that actually they've got trauma and they want to work on it, they yeah, should be signposted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So and and so I guess and so I guess to kind of go back to the start really where mm. people sort of gave their their views on on what they thought trauma informed care is nothing in the principles says that somebody has to know how to work with trauma nothing in the principles says that somebody um kind of has to have all the knowledge in the world about the different types of traumas the different types of impacts the the various different strategies to work with somebody yeah the somatic strategies the yeah um you know all because I, I, I guess there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of sort of um I guess again practitioners coaches mental health workers on on social media who sort of talk about understanding the you know polyvagal theory and understand yeah. Uh, breath work and you know work from a somatic base which is all which is all wonderful and that's all great but to be trauma informed doesn't necessarily mean any of that yeah you know
1: um
0: and then again you know the there was one final point that i was going to make oh and then in in here there's nothing about treating trauma there's nothing about healing trauma there's nothing about um working specifically with someone's trauma it's it's just about making sure that you know people who access mental health care are treated in a way that makes them feel safe makes them feel empowered gives them control over the situation helps them feel safe helps them um know exactly what's happening at at every step of the way so that there's no like hidden agendas or anything like that yeah So Um, that they're
1: not then re-traumatized or made to feel worse or yeah. 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 Which I think is a really important distinction to make because I think that when you see the word and you know, because the words trauma informed, it's not a protective title for anyone. Anyone can say they're trauma informed. Yeah. And because anyone can say they're trauma-informed, if people don't know what the words trauma-informed means, it's very easy to make the assumption that it means that that individual has a particular training, specific training, and specific knowledge in helping in the treatment of trauma. Mm -hmm. When actually the words trauma-informed care don't mean that at all. It just means that it's it's a system of care where you know where all of these things that you, you described yeah. come within. And I think that distinction is really important to know yeah. because it's not clear at all. No. And so and I think I think when, also... if you're somebody that's struggling and maybe has had trauma and you see, oh, look, there's a trauma-informed specialist or there's a trauma-informed practitioner um, that's giving out lots and lots of information. And then often the information is about self help and things that you can do to heal yourself and which sometimes of course bits and pieces of that can be helpful but actually trauma informed approaches aren't about that at all no
0: <laughs> as you just no it's not it's, so, it's not it's not about a particular um set of skills or a particular treatment program or a particular yeah. um uh, yeah it's it's not no. about anything like that um no. these principles can be applied to any kind of institution so they can be applied to schools they can be applied to yeah. um, so- social work they can be applied yeah. to hospitals um yeah. i did um, um i I watched a I watched an, an instructional dvd a fucking dvd um <laughs> who like honestly <laughs> i had um i was preparing to deliver this uh, trauma based uh, intervention where i work um, yeah. And I had to watch some instructional videos on, on, on how, on like how to prepare for it. And it yeah. came with a fucking DVD. And in, in my office, I was just sitting there. I was like,
1: where am we going to put it? I was like, do we have a DVD player in this office? And people were like,
0: people were like, why would we have a DVD player? And I was like, well, I fucking have to put this somewhere. I have to watch this somehow so anyway i think that we there was a, a, a no
1: one on a playstation there,
0: there was a, the, there was an early 2000s uh, laptop which still had like i think windows xp on it
1: so if it's the nhs there has to be a laptop yeah. with a dvd player somewhere yeah
0: so i um, um it had to be plugged in at all times otherwise because if it came unplugged then it just died that's how old it was <laughs> um so anyway, so I watched, this, <laughs> I watched this instructional. I watched this instructional DVD, and yeah. um, the, the the person, so Stephanie Covington, um, who's um, quite sort of famous and really well versed in sort of designing trauma uh, trauma interventions, um, was talking about how um, it was either a friend of hers or a colleague. I don't know. Um, applied trauma-informed principles to their dentist practice, dentistry practice, right. um, in the sense that, you know, they'd never considered that yeah. um, somebody could find sort of sitting back in a very vulnerable state with your head yeah. tilted back, your mouth open, yeah. kind of not really um, allowed to do anything with Thinking people who sort of like, yeah, yeah people who kind yeah. of like intrusively um fucking buzz around on the inside of your mouth and mm. sort of say let me know if you're in pain but then you obviously don't <laughs> want to let them know you're in pain so you just grit yeah. through. The... so anyway so um the, the this dentist colleague or person just never thought that being um in, in a dentist practice could be uh potentially traumatizing or re-traumatizing yeah. um yeah. and so like apply these principles and i mm. can't quite remember the specifics but there was something about um I think they put like TVs in the TVs in the screen. So you could actually just sort of watch this, like What's something there? on the thing to kind of be distracted. I think um, they gave them in terms of like empowerment and choice and control. I think they gave them um, like um, automatic depressors for pain relief in their mouth. So they were oh, in wow. control of how much pain relief they could give themselves. Amazing. Um, I think, yeah, I think there was something about, um, you know, at any point they could like, like, like stop and get up, walk around. I think mm. they introduce some grounding techniques because sometimes people can viscerally mm. um, become quite affected mm. by by that process. So you know, somebody yeah. would do like a bit of five, four, three, two grounding, or do yeah. doing some deep sort of diaphragmatic breathing and things like that. And I was just like, wow! So if you can do it That's to amazing. a dentist, arguably yeah. for me, one of the most stressful environments that you can go to.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Like one of the like sort of more regular, normal, stressful environments that you could go to. Yeah. Um, if they can make a dentist trauma informed, then kind of you know it, it applies yeah. everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so it's not as just about approach, mental health.
1: No, it's not at all. And I think as an approach, it's 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 brilliant. And I think the more places that can adopt a trauma informed approach, the better, because I think it's so it's so relevant. You know, like you said, particularly the ones that Mate talks about as well, those kind of, um, uh, you know, like the, histor- the historical collective, the intergenerational trauma, that kind of thing. Every, almost every situation, every place that you walk into yeah. has the potential mm-hmm. to be traumatizing. Yeah. Let's be honest. And so, so I think the more widespread, a real trauma informed, care or trauma-informed pathway is it called or a trauma what is the actual proper trauma-informed approach approach, yeah yeah you know the more places that do adopt a trauma-informed approach the better absolutely i think it would be a wonderful thing to have rolling out across the country but i think people's knowledge of what it means would needs to be improved
2: yeah and expanded on not very
1: clear yeah yeah, exactly no so i think the approach itself is really good it's just social media and the use of the words and the lack of clarity around it mm-hmm. creates quite a lot of um, confusion, I think, in people's minds and makes people make assumptions um, that yeah. about, you know, people's qualifications and training that might not necessarily be accurate mm-hmm. and true.
0: Yeah. And what they have the skill set and ability to deal with. Yeah. Which is yeah. Um, not... Um, to deal specifically with yeah,
1: which is which then, the then individual trauma the trauma informed yeah exactly The yeah. person doesn't have that <laughs> yeah. you know the ability yeah. to do that so yeah, yeah I think it's a, it's an interesting topic and I think just the whole concept of trauma I find really interesting I could just talk about that for ages because <laughs> you know before social media I just don't think it was and maybe it is social media that's doing it but before the social media I just don't think the word trauma was used. Half as much as it is now. And it just feels like, you know, I have people coming into therapy telling me they have trauma and explaining that. And I was like, okay, so let's talk about these experiences. But it's like they're describing to me their trauma. It's almost like they've seen something that they've related to on TikTok or Instagram. And it's good that people are trying to think about these things. But I just think, you know, people coming in saying, oh, you know, is this my trauma? I think sometimes, you know, it,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's not to it's not to kind of take away from people's experiences. No, no. It's so like, it's it's yeah, it's like it's, it's so tough, isn't experience. it? Because I don't exactly. yeah, cause I don't want to be invalidating to anybody at all. No, but sometimes when people talk about their trauma, mm.
2: I'm
0: just I'm just like, do you mean hardship? Do you mean yeah difficulty? Do you mean um an uncomfortable experience do you mean yeah. like sometimes like i think i think the the breadth of the breadth of language that we have to use mm. to describe experiences that are unpleasant is kind yeah. of being lost yes. under this broad term of trauma yes and it almost becomes indistinguishable as mm. to what is a you know, a trauma as you and I might understand it from a clinical perspective mm-hmm. versus a an experience that is, yeah. again, if it's on a spectrum, probably, you know, maybe a bit further down on the slightly less severe um, end.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it's almost like we've lost the we've we're losing um again i don't mean to sound i don't mean to sound like one of these conservatives that are like oh my god the world is changing and we need to hold on to how we've always done the things that's not that's not what i'm saying but i guess
2: yeah
0: sometimes language is really important
2: yeah
0: in terms of distinct in distinguishing the event and how
2: yeah.
0: that impacts because i guess if if everything's a trauma then yeah the impact on you, how you, th- then maybe how you internalize that impact yeah. is potentially greater than actually yeah. what the, the event is. And if you yeah. can then maybe, if you can then maybe qualify the extent of the experience and it being a hardship or an adversity or a um, strife, or I don't, I'm running out of the uh, synonyms here,
2: <laughs> but, but I guess
0: if you, but I guess if you can qualify it in a, in, in, in a different way, Mm. maybe then how you deal with it
2: Mm.
0: changes rather than it being a trauma and being like, Oh my God, I experienced a trauma. What am I going to do? You
2: know. I
1: think, yeah, exactly. I think because trauma, because trauma is also to do with the subjective experience, isn't it? It's anything that's subjectively experienced as as having a significant impact. So Mm. it's not, it's more, Alex, sometimes it, it almost feels like because it's too widely known, exactly as you say, sometimes it feels like almost the weight of a person's experiences um it, it almost sometimes feel like you lift the weight off by explaining it slightly differently. So yes, mm-hmm. it was traumatic, a traumatic experience, and it was something that was really, really awful. Um, but but sometimes a person carrying that with them as a trauma can almost be heavier then it's a really difficult experience that was traumatic at the time felt traumatic at the time might mm. not necessarily be trauma mm.
0: and i guess and i guess the the other thing that i wonder about or worry about slightly is that if everything is defined as a trauma yeah. do people then almost then without understanding that just because you experience a trauma doesn't necessarily mean you go on to be traumatized yeah. Because that's a process in itself, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, the experience exactly. of a trauma doesn't always necessarily mean being traumatized. And I wonder mm. if, because people don't necessarily understand that distinction or aren't necessarily aware of the fact that A doesn't necessarily equal B, that there's an entire yeah. internal and external kind of resiliency, um, coping process, meaning making process that goes on, that means that people can experience a trauma, but not necessarily go on to be yeah. traumatized. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, the, how they see the world and how they understand things might change and they might think about doing things slightly yeah. differently, but that doesn't necessarily mean they've been traumatized. The, no. the experience has maybe just shaped how they yeah. do things a little, slightly differently.
1: Yeah. But I... Because also I, context, you know, the context has to be taken into consideration, doesn't it? You exactly, know? yeah. And, and what context that experience happened within... Yeah, and what was going on at the time and you know other people around and exactly you know, all those other factors like socioeconomic status i don't know all of those things yeah so many things that come in
0: and i think the because because that because that process because that sort of um um causal process is almost for me i wonder if it's sometimes taken for granted almost as a if this happens, then then you're, then yeah. you've experienced a trauma and you're traumatized. I, I, I wonder, yeah. because that's not necessarily fully understood because things are more broadly labeled as trauma. Yeah. Everyone now thinks that they are potentially traumatized and everyone's now yeah. potentially pathologizing naturally adaptive behavior. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's, mm. I guess that's my, my concern.
1: I wonder what Matteo would say to that. I wonder what Gavin Matteo would say to that. Oh, I don't he would know. Say, yeah. but is that because you know <laughs> because yeah. we have been so indoctrinated within this system that we're not seeing the trauma? <laughs> it might. It might be. It might be. You know. Yeah. And
0: and um, you know, some other famous social media psychologist um, might say that that's a trauma response.
1: They, um, they may, they might. The way,
0: that yeah. the, the, the way that I'm resisting the expansion of, of the, the understanding of trauma, trauma yeah. might be a trauma response is potentially yeah. what she would say.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, I think <laughs> she might. <laughs> mm. You should try and get um, her on your podcast. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: No, I'm not sure she well, she might be. I don't know. Um, okay. Um, yes. Thank you very much, Joe. for taking up. Um plenty of your time. Um, Thank you and I very appreciate much for your thoughts. Me.
1: I really enjoyed that talk. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, well that's what I tried sensible. to bring. That's what I tried to bring. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um
0: okay. Um, so yeah, so are you are you still on are you still not on a social media hiatus, but are you slightly still less active on social media than you I
1: am at are. the minute. I sort of have, I've sort of wavered in and out of it because at the end of last year um i think my kids were all of my kids were in school and my head got very busy with like got really into work stuff it's like after nine years my brain was like ah there's space to learn (laughs) and then i like went on this massive learning spree but then i kind of crashed (laughs) and my brain sort of went through this process of feeling a bit fried because it had taken Uh on so much new information Uh and then i suddenly thought oh my social media site's meaningless like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it does nothing. It doesn't actually get to the root of any of the problems. My head very much went on to like the climate crisis and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah. So then I was thinking, what's it all for? Like, why am I doing it? This is not really important. This is not addressing the root cause of the problem. We're all kind of living within the, And actually very similar lines to the Mate, the Gabriel Mate and the Book what he talks about. I sort of, my head was going on to more like yeah. wider issues. I feel like I'm coming out the other side now where I'm thinking, no, it is still relevant and important, you know, calm down. (laughs) You cannot save the world. (laughs) There's nothing like you got to,
2: yeah.
0: Um, And and I guess, you know, every, every, you know, what you do is very niche and what you do is very relatable. And I think, um, um, yeah, you can't, you quite, like not everyone's Instagram account can't do everything, so
1: no, um... exactly, exactly. But I think it's just you know, the it's just a general feeling, isn't it? There's so much going on, you know, in mm. terms of government and the climate crisis and the food crisis and the you know financial yeah, crisis and you know so so many things that mm-hmm. feel like fuck. It's no wonder everybody's feeling a bit fucked at the moment. There's yeah. just so much going on. Actually, yeah. it feels. And because of the healthcare crisis, my my feeling started to be like, oh, I'm just sticking plasters on like this. There's, there's only so much you can do. You're like, you're just yeah. patching up holes rather than mm-hmm. actually doing anything. It, it kind of felt quite overwhelming. And I think the yeah. Instagram thing added to that feeling that it, it's, but I, I know it's not that. And I had lots of people yeah. saying to me, Joe, shut up. Like it's <laughs> way, but in my head, I was like, I think it, I think it's something that you said as well like close to burnout type feeling of just like losing sight of things and feeling a bit um yeah so I just took a step back and I'm trying to really wind down my caseload even more (laughs) trying it's so hard when you get like so many people coming through the door all the time
2: yeah
1: oh yeah okay so yes social media for now
0: but i'm coming back to my energy is coming back how about you are you back on uh yeah i'm trying to focus a little bit more on sort of doing the podcast i guess a bit like you i'm sort of questioning the 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 value of sort of bite-sized stuff well Mm. i'm not and i'm not saying there's no value in it Mm. but i just think I think things like that are just so easy to kind of swipe past. And yeah. I yeah. question sometimes how much impact it makes. And
1: there's so how... many out there. It's like a bit it feels like exactly. oversaturated, isn't it? And it's like yeah. I'm doing that. So if yeah. I'm one of those, how helpful is that?
0: Yeah. And I um... guess what I'm trying I guess I'm trying to focus a little bit more on doing things that have a lot more breadth and a lot more nuance mm. and and um sort of giving I guess, you know, still trying to give people things to think about, um, mm. but maybe slightly, slightly less choppy tidbits yeah. of information um mm-hmm. but i guess you know my mind changes on a day-to-day basis and yeah. i kind of this, this i kind of is... i kind of put out whatever whatever kind of yeah. moves me um, at any one point but
1: yeah well this yeah, is lovely uh, and this is good it's just time consuming isn't it you know it the, is. Yes.
0: Take the podcast the podcast does take time yes <laughs> um but yeah it's um good. well but thank you very much yes. thank
1: you very much for having me on really enjoyed it
0: um, and um, I will invite you back on and see if um, <laughs> see if you can surpass Alex as my. <laughs> I don't know what
1: to say, anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can play us off against each other. You're gonna have you're going
0: Oh, on. you're wonder, back on. one day, one day, one day, I might just have you both on. Just other that, you
1: have me, me the, and
0: Alex on. Yeah, exactly.
1: That would be um, really
0: nice. I might do that. I might. I might have a. I might have a. Um, I don't really know what it's called now. Guest of Honour Podcast.
1: (laughs) Any excuse. Any Any excuse. excuse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Alright. Well I'll let you carry on with the evening, Joe, and I'll chat to you soon again. All right. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.